Hello and welcome to the Game Nexus Podcast, episode number two. I'm Inufe. And I'm Game Master 14. And today we have some more good, crazy game stuff lined up for you guys to listen to. So I bet you didn't think there was going to be a, a second one of these, did you, Game Master? No, I honestly thought we would never do one of these ever again. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I kind of like doing it. I thought it was kind of fun actually doing getting trying to get people to listen to it so hopefully we get some more people to listen to it because i know everyone i talked to that listened to it seemed like they're having a good time and they're laughing pretty good yes your nephew enjoyed it quite thoroughly no there was a lot more people than my nephew <laughs> up dog listened to it if up dog if you listened to episode number two yeah up dog what about vampire rain did he hear it i don't know if vampire listened to it up dog a vampire didn't listen to it Punch him in the nuts. Make him listen. We do not condone nut punching of any sort. Or violence for that part of any matter. I don't want Jack Thompson coming after me. Okay, let's start it out then. So, last show we started off talking about what we started playing. Uh, I think we decided that we're only going to do that once every two weeks. Because of the limited time we have to play games, we'd basically be saying the same shit over and over again. I think we're going to try to keep doing these once a week. Alright, so uh, I'm going to talk a little bit of what I've been playing, because I did play something a couple different games this week than what I played last week. First of all, on Friday I bought a game called Breakdown for the original Xbox. It just became backwards compatible with the last patch. And on the advice of Game Master, I went out and picked it up. Yes, it finally. It only cost me around $3, and I got a pretty good copy. So, I booted up and started playing it today. And it's a pretty good action game. It's very immersive, how you never see anything in third person, and everything I'm seeing is in first person. It takes a while to get used to. A lot of it is disorientating. Like, the first time you do, like, a backflip, you're kind of like, what the hell just happened? Because you just see, like, the world go upside down and turn, and then your feet... And if you had motion sickness, you'd probably throw up everywhere after playing this game. And speaking of throw up, there is a first person throw up scene in this game. Probably within the first 20 minutes of playing. Actually, within the first it, five minutes of playing. <laughs> is it the first five? Yeah, when, when the dude yeah, first you, talking it's to you. Once, it's you like... finish all those tor- once you finish all those tor- tutorials, they make you go through. Okay, so what else are you playing in, Yufei? Finally, my copy of Dark Messiah Might and Magic came. I installed it Friday night, and I must have played three or four hours of it on Friday night, and I'm liking it a lot. It's a very good game. The problem is, I came back to play some more of it Saturday, and the game just crashes, and I can't keep playing from when when I try to resume my save game. So, when I go in, I'm at the part where you have to protect this girl in the docks from the necromancers. And I'm trying to, and every time the game loot loads up and the necromancers come at me, when I try to swing my sword and stab them, mm-hmm. the game just goes crazy. And, like, the graphics all glitch up, and the sound just keeps looping and repeating the same thing. And eventually I'll have to um, control delete out of the program. Oh, that And then close it down like that. And I can't figure out why it's doing it. It's not my graphics drivers, because they're the latest drivers from NVIDIA. Uh, maybe it's the sound drivers. I can check them through Creative because I've also been having sound problems in World of Warcraft. Well, what do you enjoy about that game? What I enjoy about the game is I really like the combat for some reason and the first first personness. 
I think it's kind of cool how when after you hack the guy a bunch, you get like this aura comes around your field of vision, and it's basically like a fatality mode, where like the next stab you do is going to kill whoever you stab. And it's pretty cool when like you stab a guy in the gut, and then like you see your foot come up, and like you push the dead corpse off your sword, and you pull it back up. Yeah, that kind of reinforces the same thing that uh, you were mentioning in Breakdown, that immersive first-person thing. Yeah, that, uh, I think a lot of games need to go for that immersive first-person thing. I like the, I really do like the uh, the combat in the game a lot. Uh, the story's kind of lackluster. I mean, it's not something you'd really care about or really want to go back and watch more than once. Well, you haven't really played a ton of the game yet, so... Yeah, I've, I've, according to the FAQ I looked at, I'm about halfway through of it. Because I'm on chapter four, and there's supposedly only eight chapters, I think. Oh wow! Didn't know it was that so, short. Yeah, the game is really short. I'm hoping to get uh, we can do some multiplayer of the game this week because I haven't done the multiplayer yet with it. Have you tried the multiplayer out yet, Game Master and Dark Messiah? No, I've not tried that out yet. Yeah, that's another thing we need to try out. So, have you played anything different this week than last week? Well, actually, surprisingly enough, I picked up uh, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic again for some reason. And how you liking it? A lot. It's like addictive as the first time I played it. Every game just looks so great. I uh, recently I got my Xbox 360 back from the repair service because it gave the uh, three lights of doom and uh, basically fried itself. Yeah, uh, that happened to me once earlier this year, and I'm afraid it's uh, going to happen again to my 360. Well, what I have now is the uh, VGA cable, so I'm in 1280 by 1024. Everything just looks a lot crisper than it did, and this game looks almost like the PC version, basically. Yeah, because the 360 will upscale all the games that it's backwards compatible with, but there's some problems with them where they'll force the game into 4x3 mode, like in Breakdown. I'm playing on a 16x9 TV but it forces it into a 4x3 window into my TV, so, like, two-thirds of my TV is getting chopped off, and I'm only getting, like, a third playing field. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, a lot of the games have been doing that, I noticed. Breakdown does it, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man does it, I think Psychonauts does it. I haven't tried any other games that have done that to me yet. I put uh, Dead or Alive Ultimate in the system to test it on my uh, monitor here, and for some reason, when you're watching the... FMVs, it does that thing, but but the only thing is, this is a normal ratio uh, monitor. It's not like I'm viewing it on a mo- widescreen monitor, so it's actually putting bars on the sides of the FMVs, but nothing else. Yeah, it does that. Uh, it also puts bars on the... It used to do that to me when I used to play on a 4x3 TV when I first bought Dead or Alive Ultimate. It would put the bars on the sides and then go regular... So I think that's just how the game is. I don't think that's a thing about the aspect ratio at all. Characters look a little skinny for some reason. I don't know if that's just me. Yeah, um, 12, uh, yeah, because the VGA cables don't support any widescreen format, so there's no way you're running in any in a widescreen resolution yet. So I'm not sure. Maybe it's just the increased pixel counts in the screen you're looking at. Maybe it looks makes them look skinnier. So that's really all that I've been playing different, except for, like, more Xbox games, Xbox 360 games, backwards compatibility, stuff like that, just to see what stuff looks like in high definition. Yeah, some of the stuff looks really, really good in high def. Like, I've done comparisons. It's pretty easy. You can just go to the back in my TV, and there's a switch to go from standard def to high def. 
and just flip the switch and you can look at the difference. And it's pretty phenomenal uh, difference. It's almost night and day. Oh, and that's the cool. people that say high def, you can't see a difference. They're obviously blind like Ray Charles because it's night and day over the two. It's like you're missing out on a total like a third of the game if you're not playing in high def, it seems like. Like the experience is so much more immersive again. Okay, well, moving on. Okay, so yeah, we're going to go on to some news. Uh, not much has happened this week in terms of news, but Infinity Ward, the developers of the Call of Duty franchise, well, to correct myself, the developers of Call of Duty 1 and 2, and not Call of Duty 2 Big Red 1 or Call of Duty 3, that, those games were developed by Treyarch not Infinity Ward, and in my personal experience, I feel like the games that are developed by Infinity Ward are a much better package and a better game overall. The games from Treyarch aren't bad, necessarily. They're just not quite as polished and as fluid as Infinity Ward. So I'm happy to see that Infinity Ward finally announced that Call of Duty 4 is going to be coming out possibly later this year, from what I've been hearing. First, looking through the trailers, the first impressions that I got, of course, you automatically notice that it's Modern Warfare, because uh, it's called Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare. It looks like it's going to be one of those gorillas in South America, kind of cliched terrorist scenarios that are going to go on, but I'm interested to see how they take the Call of Duty scope of war, because have you ever played a Call of Duty game, Game Master? I played the Call of Duty 2 demo a bit, but I haven't really got into one of the real games but, or anything. But did you notice how when you played that game, there was a there was a scope that you were part of an army, and like there was a lot of people going and fighting at one time, and you couldn't like kill everyone at once? Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I'm interested to see how they take that into Modern Warfare, because in Modern Warfare, it's really is, there's only a small squadron that will go and take down or at least all the other approaches to modern warfare have been this. I'm going to come in and with a small squad, Rambo-esque, and take down everything I look at. So I'm really interested to see how Infinity Ward pulls this take on modern warfare. What's interesting to me is that they're showing, if you watch, watch the end of the trailer, you see that everything just kind of gets obliterated by a nuclear bomb. So maybe if there's some nuclear fallout at the end, and may, I'm hoping it's going to be turn out to look like a great game. Maybe uh, maybe what you're trying to do is prevent a nuclear event from happening, and if you fail, that's what happens. That would be very cool. Like there would be more than one possible ending because that they don't do they don't do that enough in games than to have more than one ending. I remember. Did you ever play a game called Star Ocean Two? Yeah, I played a bit of that. That game had over, like, I think 15 different endings you could get differently. And each playthrough pro took you around 30 to 40 hours, so you could easily pump a ton of time into that game just trying to watch every ending. Um, I, I'm personally a big fan of when games go through and put m more than one ending into the game. I always thought that was kind of a lame way to get you to replay the game over and over again. If there was a good ending that I wanted to see and I didn't want to get the shit ending, then I would purposely, you know, play better and I would do things correctly instead of just half-assing and being lazy just to beat the game, just so I could watch the good ending and the correct ending. 
Okay, I heard something about a trusty bell you were talking about earlier. Yes, uh, trusty bell. It's that is the Japanese name for Eternal Sonata, which is a new Japanese RPG that is coming to the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 uh, this summer. The 360 version is coming this summer. I'm not sure if the PlayStation 3 is going to be simultaneous since they just announced that it was coming to the PlayStation 3. The uh, Xbox um, 360 version. Is that the American version coming out this summer, or the Japanese? Yes, that's the Japanese one is supposedly coming out in the beginning of June, and the localization is going not going to take that long. And from what I've heard from Namco, it's supposed to come out the end of July, the beginning of August, which is a great time because, you know, that's always the summer gaming drought where we get, like, two games a month to play. What is the gameplay supposed to be like in that? The gameplay is supposed to be... Did you ever play any of... This game is being developed by Tri-Ace. Um, have you ever played any of their other games? They developed... Star I know they developed Ocean? Star Ocean. They did Star Ocean. They also developed Radiata Stories. And I think that's about it they've done lately. Oh, they also did Valkyrie Profile. The both, all the, Valk- the Valkyrie Profile games. So it's going to be Basic, like a turn-based it's battle gonna system? Be a, or? It's going to be a turn-based action battle system. If you look at it, yeah, so that looks good. And supposedly the music's going to play a big part into the game because the game is based around the life of Frédéric Chopin, which, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is the classical composer. And this is supposedly one of his visions before he died was this game or something, but... (laughs) Yeah, I doubt this game was really his vision. I doubt that, but I think they might just throw Chopin in there just because of, uh, you know... Maybe a Japanese game developer was smoking some weeds a day, and he was like, you know what? It'd be cool if we had a game with Chopin on it. And they were all like, yeah, that'd be fucking awesome. And they are like, alright, let's make it. And they did it. So I heard uh, Kuduragi stepped down. Well, yeah, he did step down. Um, we're not... They officially announced it as Kuduragi was retiring. Um, for the people who don't know, Ken Kuduragi is the father of the PlayStation, the uh, the biggest, basically, game console ever. It's really what brought gaming to the masses. I mean, the PlayStation 2 sold 100 million consoles, which is just astronomical. It wiped the field last generation. Okay, um, so what's, what's your opinion on this whole retirement... I- I really think that he was shoehorned out just because of his mistakes or what his vision of the PlayStation 3, what he wanted it to be, and what it needed to be to be successful in parts of the world. Because I think he wanted it to be a system so powerful that it would be before its time, which it almost kind of is. I think, personally, if they release the PlayStation 3 this holiday and this console would have been $400 and $500, it would have been a lot more appealing, and they would have kept the games back and had a lot more games on launch to make people want to go buy it, then I think it would be doing a lot better than the lackluster sales it's doing right now. Um, Yeah, the the $600 really hurts Sony a lot. Yes, it does, because you think uh, a mother goes into GameStop to buy her... Eight-year-old game system for his birthday, 
and she looks at the PlayStation 3 and she sees 500 or $599. That's absurd for a gaming system. You know, they're games, it's a toy because they're viewed as toys for these little kids. And then they go over and they look at the Wii and they see $250, less than half the cost. And they see no game consoles at all because Nintendo just don't make enough damn consoles so people actually buy them in the store. But I found out where they're hiding them all. Um, if you listen to the One of Yours podcast, they were in Seattle and they went to the Nintendo store in Seattle because Nintendo has one store in Seattle and they have one store in New York City. They said the Wiis were stockpiled... St- 20 to 30 feet tall inside this warehouse and they're just sitting there there's so many in the Nintendo store in Seattle so if you live in Seattle and you're listening to us all zero people out there go to the Nintendo store if you want one why don't also, they just I release in, them to all the stores I just find that stupid yeah, they're probably just I, keep I, trying to keep demand up I think they really are even though they've they've denied it so many times but I really think they are just trying to keep their demand up and keep their hype up and saying how great it is when the system is, in my opinion, nothing more than two GameCubes duct taped together with some waggle added to it. It really doesn't innovate too much. I haven't seen any innovation out of that controller, um, considering the best games so far have all been GameCube ports. I was in my GameStop Friday, and they got they had 10 Wiis in stock, so... I had the chance to actually buy a Wii, but I passed because right now I'm going to try to save some money and buy a um, buy a bigger TV than what I've currently got because I'm one of those people that just I love big TVs. So hopefully there's a West uh, Westinghouse Digital makes a 42 inch 1080p LCD monitor that's relatively affordable from what I've seen. Um, actually, I told you that. <laughs> Yeah, you've told me that one. I was looking at the Vizio, which is actually a TV, and it's also got the, uh, it's got a tuner built into it, so you don't need any external things. It was, uh, $1,700 at Costco, and it was, the picture quality was, it was unbelievable for a $1,700 TV. It was matching the Sony Bravia that I just saw in Best Buy before I went to Costco. Well, it looks like there are a few games coming out this week. Anything you excited about? Not too much. Um, more games than... Um, the Spider-Man 3 game comes out, but I'm more excited to see the Spider-Man 3 movie than to actually play this game. Do you think the game will be actually halfway decent? The Spider-Man games have always been pretty decent. They've never been tremendously horrible from when I can remember. My, my favorite Spider-Man game to date was still on the... Uh, N64, it was made by Neversoft and it was based on like uh, comic books before the movies came out and it was an excellent game Was that the same one they got a port onto the uh, Dreamcast? I th- it might be the same game, I'm, I'll have to check I am not sure if it was the same one they got Because I played the, the Spider-Man game on the Dreamcast which was, of course was not based on the movie Yeah, Did was it, made, was it published by Neversoft? I believe so Never- yeah, did you like that game when you played it? Yeah, good game. Yeah, it was a good game. I thought that was good. Um, I thought Spider-Man 2, it, like the webs... Did you play the Spider-Man 2 game? Spider-Man 2 Enter Electro? No, or do you mean the, Spider-Man 2 the, the, the movie? The movie. The movie one. I played that a little bit. It got kind of old after a while. Yeah. It, the only thing I really think they got right was the web-slinging mechanics, like in the free-roaming city. 
Like, it just felt right. Like, that's how they should just make Spider-Man swing around. Yeah, that felt pretty cool. Because it just kind of cool. worked. Because the physics just felt right, and it all felt right. Yeah, talk about going multi-platform with this one. Xbox 360, PC, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, Wii, DS, and Game Boy Advance for some unknown reason. And you know what's uh, weird? No PSP version. Yeah, that is strange. The only version I don't see. But um, why Game Boy Advance? That's just stupid. I They're still making lots of... This is really stupid, but they are making games for the Game Boy Advance still. Madden is still going to come out on the Game Boy Advance, and speaking of games still coming out on the Game Boy Advance, this week, Major League Baseball 2K7 gets its Game Boy Advance port. Oh, wow. Um, like anyone's going to buy that. Hey, there'll probably be like six, twelve, six to 12 people. Yeah, um, as many people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next game, uh, the Wii continues its PlayStation 2 port fest. Heat Seeker, it's an aerial combat sim, is coming out for the Wii and the PlayStation 2. You just wag your, your Wii stick around. I guess you just wag it around and your jet just flies around and hopefully crashes into a giant wall. A wall of, uh, Wiis in Seattle? Yeah, exactly. We need the walls of Wii in Seattle. Break down the walls of Wii. Yes, um, a game I'm actually excited about and I'm probably going to pick up this week that's coming out is The Apprentice Los Angeles with Donald Trump. You're going to buy that? (laughs) What are you smoking? That show sucks. (laughs) I just wanted to see what you think I was going to say off this list. (laughs) Alright, that's definitely getting edited. (laughs) No, I'm going to actually leave that in there. Uh, because a game I want, that, I want my, game, my insult of The Apprentice heard. <laughs> a game you might be interested in that's coming out is uh, Winix Club, Join the Club for PSP. Um, Winix Club, Join the Club follows fabulous fairies as they try to thwart the plans of Lord Dakar. Called into action, the Winix Club must secure the pieces of a powerful emblem before Dakar complete, uh, completes his plot through side-scrolling shooter levels and a variety of mini-games. How could that not be good? And how do you complete your evil plot by playing side side scrolling shooter levels in mini games? Well, it's a variety of mini games, so something's gonna happen there. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, but I'm surprised that they're putting this on the PSP because it would seem like if you put it on the DS, it would print money. Because I know a lot more younger feminine gamers that would this, uh, of course, this game is targeted at. That on a DS and not a PSP. So, this game just seems like it's going to tank and sell two copies. One of them being yours, of course. Yeah, and the other probably being yours. No. So we can do the, uh, I hope there's a Wi-Fi online. There you go. So we can play our mini-games online. Game, ne- game Nexus Tournament right there. Yes, we need it. I don't see anything else. Uh, there's nothing really else um, coming out that's that big this week. Well, you, gotta, you can't forget uh, 911 First Responders. You're going to buy that, I know that. I hope I hope so. I hope they have it at Walmart when I go. Because it just it looks like a solid title. That's I mean, almost any... as bad as that uh, that rescue game that my, my friend and I once saw in uh, EB Games once, where the guy on the front cover looked like Tom Green. <laughs> we just thought it was like funny. Tom, Tom, it's like Tom Green as... 
Tom Green stars in Rescue Me, the PC version, the PC adaptation of the series. It's, it just was this game, and it's like you see an ambulance, and he's like in this uh, scrubs, and it's like this dude with a beard that just looks exactly like Tom Green. He's like, my bum is on the patient. My bum is on the patient. <laughs> That'd be fun. Oh, I'd totally would... play that game right now. I would definitely. We, our developers, listen, make a Tom Green game where he's a doctor and he just puts his bum on people and magically his ass power heals them. Or really, just make a Tom Green game where he does anything and we'd play it. Exactly. Like, he humps dead moose. That would be awesome. Okay, so after any releases. So I was thinking the other day, um, you know, pondering. And the magical pondering pond of gay slogan things I couldn't use while at work. What makes a bad game bad? What do you think when you play a game? What has to happen before you would think, man, this game is bad? Well, of course, one thing is bad controls. If you can't control a game, it's not going to play well. Yes, that is true. But like your your version of what you view as a bad control now is not necessarily what you'd think of a bad control as being if you were in the same if say t- 5 years ago. Look at Tomb Raider, the original Tomb Raider on the PlayStation 1. You know, it's run, stop, turn, jump. The controls were absolutely horrible and atrocious if you go play them now. I thought it, it controlled pretty good. It's archaic. I mean, if you look at the uh, Tomb Raider Anniversary Edition, which is the remake using the Tomb Raider Legend engine, um, the game just looks like it plays absolutely phenomenal compared to the original one. You do know you're saying looks like it plays since that game isn't even out yet. You're just assuming things about it. Yeah, well, from the movies I've seen and uh, what I've read, supposedly the, the game plays... If you've played Tomb Raider uh, Legend, it, it the game plays similarly to Tomb Raider Legend, and Tomb Raider Legend was a very good game. Well, basically what I'm saying is controls that are so bad, the game's almost broken. Haven't you played a game at times which looks really awesome, but then when you try to play it, like maybe one button is supposed to do something, but if you like, if you tap it or if you hold it, it does something, but you know, in practice that doesn't work. Yes, that, yeah, um, I'm seeing a lot of that with the Wii. The controls are just absolutely atrocious on some games. Um, almost every first-person shooter I've played, it just, it's not that it controls, it's, on the Wii, it's, the controlling thing is completely different than what you're going to expect from, like, a D, like a controller, of course, because you're waving your arms around. But it's more so than getting the person to move right is to getting your gestures to feel natural. Another thing that really makes the game bad is if it's repetitive, such as... you ever play the game uh, Nano Breaker? Yes, I did play that game. I thought it was going to be like a futuristic Castlevania when I first looked at it. But it's, this, it's the same panned combo over and over and over again, and uh, yes. you only see the this blood stuff which they claim is oil come out of everything. Oil. So, that's, yeah, I hate, and that's another bad game. Um, 
flaw. Another one that I personally hate is bad save mechanics. Like, if I can't... It's not that I want to save everywhere, but it's when they play save points so far and few in between that it makes the game near impossible or not enjoyable. No, forget then, save points. I do want to save everywhere. I like I like that in KOTOR. I can save everywhere. Yeah. Yes, that is good. Yeah, I mean, you, have you played uh, Enchanted Arms on the Xbox 360? Of course I've played that. You can save everywhere. Yes. It's really good. I don't have yes. to, like, worry. i got to leave now. But like well, now i got to spend ten more minutes to find a save point. Like, what I'm talking about now is uh, a game called Dead Rising, where the save system is so bad, you can only save in this one certain part in the mall or in the bathrooms. Awesome, um, I always wanted to save in the bathrooms. Um, but the thing is, they're so incredibly hard to get to. Like, if you're going to die, and you need to get to a save point, and you've been playing for, like, three hours without getting... Because it's really easy to go in that game, play three hours, not even font, look and see a save point. Yeah, I mean, you go by these save points, and you wonder, and then you wonder, why did they, why'd they do this? And why not just give you the option when it switches... Um, they give you an option to save when it switches to nighttime, or like be a lo- have a lot easier save system, like a save anywhere. Like if that game had a save anywhere system, I'm sure I would have. I probably would have played it to the end. I have not played Dead Rising to the end. I stopped on day two, just because of that save system. I would get somewhere and then I would beat a mission I was currently attempting, and then I would die because I I couldn't get back to the save point. And I would get so pissed that I was thinking, you know, didn't they fucking test this shit? Because this annoyed the hell out of me, and I know it annoyed the hell out of a lot of other people I've talked to that have played the game, too. Okay, well, what do you think about fetch quests and uh, escort missions? Fetch quests, I don't mind too much, more than uh, escort. I hate escort missions. Um, some When you go into escort missions, it's... It just becomes this unnecessity of this unnecessity of all right. Why am I going to go uh, protect this lame dumbass of a guy when you know I'm this uber super soldier? Say for playing a first person shooter, uh, you're a super soldier, and I have to protect this lame guy. You know, probably shits his own pants. Uh, it's it's just so detrimental to the gameplay. It's I mean, I mean, developers have to look, and they have to realize that we hate this stuff. The and only they time, have to stop putting it in. Yeah, the only time that I don't mind uh, escort missions is, let's say, you can actually if you can he- kill the escort. <laughs> no, actually, it's if you can actually heal the character you're escorting because you're the escort. Yes, if you can, yeah, whoever you're escorting, if you can kill him, then I'd like that escort mission. Because I remember playing Fable, there's a couple times where you have to escort some people, but you can actually use your healing magic on them, so if they get hurt a lot, you can fix them up. Yeah, another thing I hate, um, not so much in... This has just become a a thing I've noticed in all the, the escort missions, is that the AI is so retarded that it sits there and lets itself die. I especially hate it when, like, the character will walk like into a trap that you purposely avoided or they'll 
fallen this hazard that your character walked around, but they just have this uh, general follow script that they use that says, follow directly behind him, don't mimic his movements, just go straight. Exactly. It's so annoying when you're almost at the end of an escort mission, and then because of bad, because of this retarded AI, that you have to restart the whole mission, which is absolutely stupid. It just takes away from the game so much. Um, well, like do, you have, you, do you have any bad things to say about uh, fetch quests? Fetch quests? Uh, I don't... They're not too bad. I've got... I used to hate them a lot, but I've gotten a lot more used to them from playing World of Warcraft. Because a lot of World of Warcraft... A lot of the quests that you get from NPCs our quest to go find them something and bring them back to them or to go out and kill a whole bunch of stuff and then when you kill stuff uh, the stuff you need will drop off them and then you can fetch that stuff for them and bring it back but normally when you do that you're gaining lots of experience to do it it's not and it's not a mandatory thing where you have to do it in like a linear storyline progression you don't really have to do these fetch quests to level up. Yeah, I, I never minded fetch quests as long as they're like, not like just go get this thing and bring it back to me. If it's like, go to the temple, explore it, and uh, get the enchanted ring of magicness, that'd be kind of cool because you're going on this whole adventure and yeah, just just in the process of the mission, you find this item and you bring it back to them. I've had so many times in a game where some character wants an item, I don't even talk to them, and in going to this area, I find that item, then I come back and talk to them, I'm like, oh wow, he needed that item, I have it, take it. Yes, um, that's probably why I hated the Dot .hack series, is because the entire series is one giant fetch quest. Um, basically, once you get ten hours into the game, you get this arm that rewrites data and fixes whatever is wrong in this game. Because if you've ever never played Dot Hack series or heard about it, it's an offline, online, massively multiplayer game. The world. The world, yes. And you get this arm that rewrites things, and you have to go through these gates where you randomly make up the names of the gates you have to go through and the game will uh, randomly regenerate and make these new areas for you where you have to run around this area and find the dungeon and then once you get down into the dungeon the dungeon will be randomly generated and once you go through it you have to just go to the end and then you have to kill the characters at the end take the item they drop and then erase their data and rewrite it and basically you do this for 30 hours during the game and there's not much deviation in between it well, speaking um, at least of that's that, from the original Dot .hack series I bought I've got the Dot .hack GU series the first volume but I've yet to start playing it and see if it uh, variated any on the formula from the original games well g- getting into that what do you think about randomly generated environments I think uh, randomly generated environments just become lazy on the developers. Like, they don't know what they want to lay down, so they're like, okay, we'll just create a script where it'll just be random the whole time. Um, it just seems like they don't can't figure out and place things where they need to place it to make the game good. Because if you look at almost every game that 
you think it's one of the best games that you ever played, it's going it's not going to have randomly generated anything. Diablo. Well, Diablo did have randomly generated dungeons, but that actually works in that game fairly well. Yeah, I've seen it worked in quite a few places, but, you know, sometimes it just becomes tiresome, but, really. Yes, but um, more so in Diablo 1 than in Diablo 2, you had these randomly generated dungeons. A lot of the, the things in Diablo 2 that weren't or were randomly generated were the placement of the items you had to find in the uh, in the dungeons that you would head down into. Uh, speaking of Diablo 2, have you seen Hellgate London? No, I've heard you t- talking about the game. I really haven't seen much. All right, it basically it has a ton of the developers from the old Diablo franchise from Blizzard, and it's a first-person shooter RPG. It's basically if Diablo was a first-person shooter, it would play exactly like Hellgate London. Um, hey, you have you get armor and you get all these things in your guns and you equip them to your character just like you did in Diablo 2. And your some of your stuff, like your guns, are slotted to so different things. But remember how everything you put on Diablo 2, everything, no matter what it was, your appearance would change somehow? Oh, that's cool. It's uh, That's what happened in Diablo 2. It's exactly the same in Hellgate London also. Like, if you had put, like, get, like, a power core for your gun, and you attach that power core into your gun, in the uh, interface, you'll actually see that power core sitting right there. Oh, okay. So, well, like, let's talk about the worst games we played. The worst, some of the, the without dipping into the obvious um, worst games, like saying, you know, Big Rigs Over the Road Racing, because if you've never heard of Big Rigs Over the Road Racing, whoever made that game must have made it as a joke to the gaming community, because there's no way that they could have released that thinking they were going to make money. You are a winner. You are a winner, yes. Um... Considering, if you've never heard of Big Rigs, or you've never seen Big Rigs, it's a 18-wheeler racing game. Um, just from that alone, you should know it should be pure shit. But there's an 18-wheeler racing game. There's four tracks you can race. Um, one of them won't load and will crash the game. The other three, uh, uh, you can choose if you want it a day or night time. So, you know, lots of variation there. You can't really choose what 18-wheeler you are, but you start, and your opponents will not move off the line. So there's no way you can lose. They won't move. The game has no hit detection at all, so what happens is you're driving, and you're driving, and you can go through anything. You can go through the buildings. Um, There's no hit detection, so if you go over a bridge, instead of going over the bridge, you go under and up underneath of it. Um, and there's basically no gravity in the game at all, so if you see a big mountain and you want to go up it, there's no way you're not going to be able to because you just hold the gas and, like, two seconds later and you're on the top of the mountain. It's just like, boom. Yeah, our listeners should be aware that Inufei actually purchased this game. Yes, I purchased this game, and then I found it at a roses store, which I thought were extinct in my area. But I managed to find one um, in one of the downtown areas of my uh, the towns that I live around. For people found, who aren't acquainted, what exactly is a roses store? It's a roses store is basically this store that has giant has a lot of old merchandise that no one ever bought, or stuff that's got like little defects that it's gonna go bad, or 
the the retard stuff that no one ever bought or the really cheap knockoffs that no one ever bought. Um, if you have a big lots in your area, it's comparable to a big lots. But with worse stuff? But with worse stuff. Um, I went and there are sealed VHS tapes. It has been so long since I have seen a sealed VHS tape. At least five years. Sealed uh, copies of Aquaman for Xbox? Um, no. Uh, I can do you one better. Sealed copies of Wayne Gretzky's Hockey for the SNES. Awesome. Um, yes, still packaged. Um, there were so many things in this place, uh, I couldn't even talk about it. But a funny story is me and my friend went in there. I don't know how the hell we wound up finding it. First of all, I was going off to go to a Jewish synagogue service to write a report for a school. And we can't find this damn place, so I'm driving around, driving around. It's getting dark, and I'm getting in the bad part of town. I have no idea where the hell I am. So I need gas, so I get out and get gas. You know, hope I'm not going to get stabbed in the back, because it's a pretty bad spot of town I'm in. And it's like 9 o'clock at night. So we stroll, and we're rolling down the road, and I look over, and I'm like, holy shit, it's roses. We used to have one where I live, but it closed down like 9, 10 years ago. And I thought they were all but gone everywhere. So, holy shit, it's roses. I pull in. Uh, I think I'm going to come out, and I'm hoping, since I really don't like the car I drive, that someone stole it so I can claim the insurance money. Um, but fortunately, unfortunately, no one stole my car. So, Or I thought I was going to have, like, you know, two wheels left when I came back out of this place, because it was pretty shady. Um, so this is my adventure to get big rigs over the road racing. Well, uh, one of the games I think really sucked... If you, it wasn't apparent by my review on the website, was Celebrity Deathmatch for Xbox. Yes. You ever play that? Um, no, but I've heard you say very horrendous things about that game. Basically, the big problem is, one thing, of course, the voices. All the voices basically sound the same, except for, like, Jerry Springer sounds a little different, then there's a, one, one or two other guys that sound slightly different, but... I honestly think they had one male voice actor for that whole game. <laughs> uh, that... Each character had, like, one or two moves. Like, one or two really unique moves. Ron Jeremy's bone moves, which just get kind of old after the 50th time they make a joke about... Ron Jeremy's penis? Exactly. But, uh... It's unoriginal, boring, and everything in the game can be done within a half an hour. That's the uh, worst half an hour wasted in my, of my life, really. I just want it back. Developers yeah. of Celebrity Deathmatch, give me my half an hour back. I, ne- I need it. Um, sometimes, at least when I think, sometimes when you play a game, it's, it's so bad, it becomes laughable, and it almost becomes fun again. Like those movies that you watch that are so bad, they become funny. Um, and basically every Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. Even though I know you like that Street Fighter movie that they made in the uh, early 90s. Yes, I, I thought, thought Street Fighter was cool, but of course, that's that that conversation will probably be done in a whole other podcast. Yes, exactly. We could go on about that. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about games that we think sucks that everyone else likes. For me, I'm probably going to get hated by 95% of the gaming population, but I hate 3D Zelda games. I despise them. I do not see what they draw. I cannot see what the appeal is. 
the games just seem really generic. They seem uninspired. Um, the graphics are kind of there. I mean, supposedly, but I, I really can't see anything's fun about it. Your character never really develops. You, you never really. F- you, there's a story, but it's always kind of weak and not really thought after, and it's. It never really seemed as good as the 2D Zeldas were to me. I love the 2D Zelda games that Nintendo puts out. I love those games. I hate the 3D ones. This... I played... Probably... Two hours of Ocarina of Time, and I will never play that game again, even though it's regarded to be one of the best games of all time. I mean... I, I hate that game. I hate also hate the Wind Waker game for GameCube. First of all, I thought they made Link look like, you know, fucking little kindergartner. And like sometimes he, he looks deal. like he's trying to take a shit. He he always looks like she, he's trying to take a shit in that game. Always. Especially when he gets fired out of the cannon in the very beginning of the game. It looks like he's getting a huge cannonball round up his ass. Um, did you play any of uh, Twilight Princess? No, I have... Well, yes, I did. My friend brought... He bought... My friend bought his Wii, and I uh, hung out with him in line. Uh, we came back to my place, and he bought Twilight Princess, and I played it, and it just feels like a... It feels and plays... Well, I mean, plays is kind of a generic term, because I know people are going to say, oh, let's get the Wii mode, you know, it doesn't play like the other ones, but the core gameplay, what you do, and how things are... Are, it's just a shiny, pretty version of Ocarina of Time. Everyone, yeah, you definitely like, got to give it the uh, graphics credit there. Yeah, it does look good. I mean, the art style is there. Um, it's a very pretty looking game. Um, I mean, it does look cool. I mean, Link does look like a cool character to play as. It's too bad that he doesn't. Um, the game starts out uh, horrendously slow. For the first, must have been hour and something. I was just riding around this horse, and I didn't have a shield, I didn't have anything, I didn't have a sword, I didn't even cut anything for the first, like, hour and 20 minutes of the game, and I'm thinking, you know what, am I just gonna ride around the horse all day? Is this, you know, Link Horse Adventures with Barbie or something? (laughs) Link Horse Adventures. (laughs) Because this, it was just bad, and, like, the controls didn't work on the Wii, like, they felt totally tacked on. Like, I had to, like, make my horse jump by, like, flicking up the wand, the wand thing. And, you know, like, I don't want to do that. I just want to press a button and make my fucking horse jump. So you have to flick your stick to make your horse jump? Basically, yes. I mean, there's so many perverted jokes you can make about the Wii. The, uh, we've been the only it. big gripe I have with uh, Twilight Princess, I tried it on the GameCube for a little while. No voice acting. Why? Know. It's a next-gen freaking game. I know. Why and you, they you just voice it? You would think that they, you know, they would voice it, but all the hardcore Nintendo fans are like, no, Link never needs to be voiced. They never need this. Link already has been voiced. If you've played the, any of the 3DO Zelda games, Link has a voice. Booyah. Um, so, you know what? I don't want to hear it, Nintendo fanboys, because Link has a voice. He should be able to talk. I shouldn't have to read a 4,000-page... Um, novel in a video wrapped in a video game. If I want to play Twilight Princess, 
every that game should be voice acted for as long as that game was delayed and pushed back for as many years as it was there is no goddamn reason why Link and everyone else cannot talk yeah Shenmue was fully voiced now's back on Dreamcast back in like 1999 uh, exactly it's it's horrendous to me that they can't you know voice these things i mean nintendo's get the money to spend on that i mean when they claim they're pulling in a profit of close to a billion dollars for a quarter they have plenty of money to spend on twilight princess to make link not sound like a douchebag but then not sound you know airy and cocky just enough to please everybody i mean well one of the big games that i honestly hated that everyone loves is halo i know we're gonna get a ton of hate mail on this flaming hate mail with like master chef Beef patties flaming on it. Don't know why I said beef patties, but beef hey. patties. You just want some Master Chef beef patty. Yeah, Master Chef just makes a lot of food. But basically, I played the game. I'm like, this isn't too revolutionary. It's just a generic shooter. Sure, you could ride this little car, and you have all these dumb little other Master Chef men to come with you. But uh, it's a shooter. It's nothing amazing. You shoot a gun at little aliens. Yeah. Yes. There was no like better play mechanics or anything. In fact, stuff on the PC like Half Life I thought was better. Yes, but when I'm, uh, I think Halo. One of the big reasons it got this huge success it had was because most of the mainstream that uh, that played Halo didn't play the Half Lifes and they didn't play the excellent PC shooters that came before Halo, and they played Halo and it, Halo just had all those elements from those great other ones, and they were like, this game is great, because they had never played another one. And plus, it was one of the first console um, first-person shooters that uh, it kind of controlled uh, decently well with two analog sticks, just because the Xbox was kind of made for first-person shooters. The controller was made for it, more so than the PlayStation 2 controller. Yeah, I kind of like the Nintendo 64 for first-person shooters, personally. I thought I thought the controls were good, the analog stick was cool, the Z button was a cool touch. Yes, but, um, that is good, but, I mean, it did work for back in the day, but, I mean, if you've, if you've tried to, if you ever tried to play a first-person shooter on the PlayStation 2? No. It's damn near impossible, because your brain just thinks... It's really hard to hit all the other buttons you need to hit when both of your thumbs are located at the bottom of the controller. I mean, it's impossible to hit, like, the squares and the circle and, and to do stuff like that. So you're focused completely down here, I mean, and you can't really get at it. Whereas, like, when you're playing with the Xbox, you get your thumb up here on the top and you get your thumb here on the bottom. And you can pretty much easily hit the rest of the buttons with your hands without really, you know, messing up your thumbs. Whereas the PlayStation, it becomes a stretch to hit those things, and they have to program around that. So that's why uh, I kind of want to play Resistance to see how just how it can plays and controls and handles. Cause well, it looks like we got a, actually a listener question. This comes from a member of our forums named Guts. You want to read that one? No, you can go ahead and read it, Game Master. Yeah, you can't read. We all know that. Oh, well, what he wanted to know is... What are your predictions for console sales for the upcoming year? Will PS3 finally stop sucking in sales, or will we still kick its ass? And will the 360 still be king of the hill? 
Well, what, what is your take on this, Game Master? What do you think? I think if the PS3 gets some decent games that are not ported to other systems, it'll sell well. But if it doesn't get enough of them, it's still going to be pretty much last place. Yeah. Um, I think right now when everyone sees it, Microsoft has shipped, you know, 10.5 million consoles so far. When Microsoft says that, their numbers are kind of inflated because they just say, this is how many we've shipped to retailers. These aren't exactly how many we've sold out of the retail channel to people. These are just how many the retailers have taken. Um, so Microsoft's kind of inflated. Um, I think the, the w- fact, Wii it, is going it, to keep selling no matter what you do, just because it's $150 cheaper. Then and it has that motion wand thingy that you can wave around a lot, and people just like waving things around and moving their arms wildly. Exactly. I, I can't figure it out. I mean, if I wanted to move around wildly, then I'd probably play Dance Dance Revolution, or I'd go outside and, you know, play basketball, go outside for God forbid, because no one does that. I but think it, eventually the uh, the fad will just die, and it'll die like the GameCube. Uh, I'm hoping so. Um but if you've looked, I thought the DS would be a fad with the touchscreen. The DS is here to stay. It's absolutely tearing apart the PSP. The DS is um, sold close, getting close now to 45 million consoles. But the thing is with the Xbox 360 doing so well, I think the only reason for that is that because all the good games, like you look at your Gears of War, your... Lost Planet, Dead or Life 4, stuff like that you can't experience on the Wii or the PlayStation 3, and it'll never be ported. No, those things will never be ported. Um, another other good uh, franchises, the, I think the, the Xbox 360 is attracting a lot more of the hardcore gamers, such as ourselves, to the console more so than the Wii is, um, or the PlayStation 3 is, just because we kind of see the PlayStation 3 right now as being a big um, $600 Blu-ray player that kind of plays games, too. Um, because it doesn't... There's really... if You you can play Resistance, and you can play Virtual Fighter, uh, and you can play MotorStorm, because MotorStorm's not... is a pretty decent game. It's just lackluster in its features, but that's for Do you know what day. it makes me think of? What does it make you think of? The uh, PlayStation 3 makes me think of... You remember that Noonan, which was a DVD player that could play shitty games? Yes. That's what the PlayStation 3 yes. is right now. <laughs> it's yes. a Noonan. But I think... If you don't know what a Noonan is, go to Wikipedia and look it up. Yeah. We're not going to tell you much more. Yes. Okay. Basically, I think this uh, the PlayStation 3 not selling well and being like that, um, it leads back to Kudaragi getting fired or retiring. Because he envisioned the PlayStation 3 as seeing this massive thing that was, you know, super advanced and high def, and people weren't ready for it yet, and he thought people were ready for it. But, and he tried to push this thing, you know, I think he just got a little too arrogant with himself over his last two consoles, considering they're like the biggest selling consoles of all time. He got a little arrogant with himself, and he went a little overboard and thought, okay, we need this, we need this, we need this. What I would really like to know is if Kudaragi said, I want to put in Blu-ray, as opposed to some bigger executive breathing down his neck, saying, 
you know what, you're going to have to put Blu-ray in this thing because we want to push this, we want to win this format war. Oh yeah, and make it look like a George Foreman grill too. Exactly. I, I don't know if he had any idea what the uh, outside shell would look like, but yeah. Uh, I, I personally think it's just too damn shiny for a black console. Suppose Yeah, supposedly it gets a lot of fingerprints. And dust. Yeah, and that's another thing I really don't like about the Wii and the PS3. I know this might sound stupid, but they're feed loading. You feed the disc in, there's no disc drive that comes out, and you put in, and you push back Oh, you in. mean like a slot loading? It's a slot loading, yes. They both are slot loading. Oh, that's gay. Yes, uh, I was never big on those, because I remember uh, having slot loading, some slot loading drives back in the day on uh, Macintosh, when I used Macintosh for uh, school. Then you say was a Mac nerd. No, I hate Mac. I despise it. Back then you were in you Mac Fay. In you Mac Fay. Dude, that just sounds like a like something you buy at McDonald's. Like, big in you Mac Fay with big like large fries. A McInu Fay. Well that just sounds yeah, like McInu Fay. It's like a kick in the teeth in. What is what's the tang slogan? It's just a kick in the glass. It's just a kick in the glass. Oh yeah. It's just a kick. No, no, no. In no it's, it's like a, it's a click in the glass and in a pouch. Because remember when they came out with Tang in the pouch, they were like, "It's kicking glass and a kick in the pouch." Oh yeah, just like Capri Sun. Yes. Never get the freaking straw in that damn thing, dude. That's why you get the can version of Capri Sun. They had Capri Sun in cans when did that happened. Uh, when they started putting it, they made the Get Fat Launchable version, like the maxed out Launchables that were like four times the size of the others. They put cans of Capri Sun in there. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I still like Lunchables, even though getting old. I guess you really don't stop liking food, ever. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Uh, I still eat them. Let's just do our, like, random usual plugs. Go to the Game Nexus at gamenexus.my-place.us. Go to our Game Nexus forums, which is a link off of there. And, of course the podcast site, well, you would have to go there to hear this, which yes. is gamenexus.blogspot.com. And subscribe. Um, hopefully soon you'll see us uh, in the iTunes store as soon as we get a freaking picture to submit with our feed. As soon as we can get an icon of our... Um, as soon as we get an icon of our podcast up, then I can submit it to iTunes store and hopefully it'll get uh, accepted and... Hopefully, if we get into iTunes, we can get a little bit of subscriber base. And if we have some listeners, you know, maybe we can start contacting some uh, PR people from the uh, actual video game companies and maybe getting some uh, free stuff to give away. Like, I know some people that run their own smaller podcast that have a listener base, and they send them free stuff all the time just to give away. Oh, there's one more thing that you wanted to talk about. The squirrel. Oh yes, this podcast is actually delayed. We were planning on recording it earlier today. But what happened is I was writing up the outline for today's podcast, and I'm searching around, and I hear this loud pop. Go, it, was, it sounded like someone got shot. It was like, pop! And all the power went out in the house. And I was like, oh, fuck, because I didn't have anything saved. And I was done with the outline. And I was like, oh, great. So... I go out, I'm like, pop, and if I can go downstairs, I go outside to see what the pop was, um, 
So I head outside. I look in the tree. I look in uh, a tree across, and there's two squirrels stand uh, staring over at this pole, at the electricity pole. And I'm thinking, when have I ever seen two squirrels sit side by side? Uh, so and they're looking at something. So I look. There is a squirrel barbecued on the <laughs> ground that killed my power. I think this Bastard. dumb this dumb shit was running across the power lines. He was like, ooh, look, power coil on the power line. He touched it, shocked the shit out of himself, blew the fuse on my power line, and he, he burnt himself. He smells... He smelt so... Terrifically bad. Have you ever burnt your hair, Game Master? No. Like, if you ever smelt burnt hair or burnt flesh, it smells disgusting. It's horrible. Oh, yeah, Inufe has a picture of him that he's going to post and on the forums. I, yes, I have a picture of the squirrel, the dead one, and I want you guys on the forums to name him. Name the dead squirrel. And if we get some good names for the dead squirrel, maybe we'll just end up using him for the uh, logo for the Game Nexus podcast. He could be or maybe a, just something on the website, our mascot. He could be the yeah. He could end up being the mascot of the game Nexus. This dead squirrel that took out my power. Um, I guess the son of a bitch deserved it because I went without power for like two and a half hours. But yeah, so I didn't get. I think I lost power at around seven o'clock and didn't get anything back till like nine thirty, and I was starving and all the food in my house was unthawing. And I, <laughs> no way for me to cook it. So, unless I want to sit there with a lighter and, like, you know, try to cook a steak with a lighter. I mean, it's like a hot dog in the hallway. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. I know. Hot dog, a hot in, the dog in the hallway. That does not supposed to sound right. So, yeah, that's the story of the, uh... That's the podcast story. Podcast that almost wasn't. Uh, podcast that almost wasn't because of the squirrel. And, uh, I'm going to upload, try to upload those pictures tonight into the forms. Um... Yeah, I think that's uh, probably about it till next week. Hopefully, yeah, that's everything uh, from me too. Hopefully, next week there'll be a, a couple more exciting things going on. Um, yeah, we're gonna try to get some new original segments. I have some stuff in mind that I will be bouncing off you this week. Yes, yes. Um, hopefully, we'll try to keep this uh, good, uh, keep you guys entertained, um, and come to our site, check it out, and post on the boards and. Hopefully we're going to have a, a good time, and, uh, hell, I kind of have fun doing this. Alrighty then. Alright. Until next time, this has been the Game Nexus Podcast, and I'm Game Master 14. I'm in Yufei, and until and next week... And we're signing off. And until next week, we're dust. In the wind. Ha ha. <laughs>